Hi, and welcome back to the Too Much Lime podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about what it's like to travel with a chronic illness. This is something that Maddie and I have been talking about recently because I personally just got back from a road trip and Maddie is not at home, but rather in Florida. So travel has very much been on both of our minds recently. For me personally, um, my boyfriend and I have a camper van type vehicle that we, you know, drive around Colorado and Utah instead of flying because I am absolutely terrified of airplanes. Um, And so it is, it's very interesting to, you know, have the chronic illness side of your life not always showing through. So for me personally, you know, I just went on this really cool road trip and If you didn't know I was sick and you saw these pictures or videos, you would think that, you know, I was having a ball and I was just like doing all these crazy things and hikes and blah, 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 blah. When in reality, of of course, it was amazing and fun, but, you know, it was much more relaxing than I think most people think. And so, you know, Maddie and I really think that this can be an important topic because it's just another example of, you know, life doesn't always isn't always what it actually seems you know like if you looked at our normal instagrams you wouldn't necessarily know we were sick for example and same thing goes with travel um so for me for this trip um you know if if i were healthy i would have been hiking and doing a gazillion things because we were in southern utah where there's national parks and all these beautiful things to do but instead You know, just the driving there takes a lot out of me, even though my boyfriend drives the most, (laughs) more than me. Um, (laughs) But even just driving there, you know, once you get there, I have to take a whole day to just rest, to settle in. You know, you have the whole food aspect and we have like a little um, stove that we, like a camping stove and stuff like that that we're able to cook with. But, you know, it's, it just takes a whole day to settle in. And then this time I was really determined to at least do some type of walk or hike because all of our trips in the past um, we haven't been able to because I haven't been feeling well enough but I've been feeling pretty good recently so I was like you know what let's just take this it's not even a hike like it was a paved walking path but (laughs) for me it was a big deal (laughs) I was like we're gonna walk this like I'm really excited and you know it was three miles which is something that I used to run like no big deal and walking at a very slow pace, three miles, knocked me out for the rest of the 10-day trip. You know, like, it really, you know, but if you didn't know that, you would just think that I was having this glamorous, you know, adventure, when in reality, (laughs) I was exhausted from walking 30 minutes. Like, (laughs) and so it really just goes to show that, you know, it's not, you know, my life or what we're going through in terms of, you know, we might be somewhere beautiful, like Maddie's in Florida right now. And so I think a lot of people's image of like, what you're doing in Florida is not what Maddie's actually doing in Florida. (laughs) No, definitely not. I know. And I feel like I only, I don't, I don't put, you know, if if you're looking at my Instagram or, or somebody's social media or something and they're on vacation, they put up like a lot of stories or they show pictures to share with everyone. And I don't, really do that down here because my parents live down here for half the year. So I basically just sleep on the couch all day. And then 
you know, once a week record an episode with Julia and then go to my doctor's <laughs> appointments. And, like, that's about it. <laughs> so, um, but I don't put, like, a lot of, you know, I don't even think since I've been, we've been down here for, like, three months. And I don't think I've put anything on my, right. other than on, like, our Too Much Lime Instagram or anything like that. Just because the only thing that I would put on is, like, I recently went down to the beach. Not because I felt like I wanted to go to the beach. But I needed to be there because I was having an emotional breakdown. <laughs> I right. needed to, like, calm myself. But it was, like, really pretty. So I put a picture of the sunset up and stuff like that. And so if you looked at that, you would probably just think, like, oh, you know, Maddie's going to the beach every day and she's having a good time and all of that. First of all, I'm not going to the beach every day because COVID scares the absolute hell out of me. Right. And people are everywhere. And so right. – Especially on a beach. And so – I'm, like, going when there's not a lot of people there, and I've probably been to the beach twice, and one time was on my birthday, and we were there for a solid 25 minutes before I was, like, overheating and, like, started to get really nauseous and a migraine, and I was like, okay, we gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just one of those things that I think with invisible illnesses and stuff like that, it's hard to imagine, but it's not like we don't want to share, so we do put up, like, you know, Julia posted these amazing photos because her and her boyfriend are really into photography and they took these really great photos. And so um, they're fun to show and, you know, have people be able to see, you know, like keep up your friends up to date with what's going on. But it also can kind of paint a false reality. So I think sometimes it's like we need to always remember that it's just not what it looks like. So for me, Julia loves to be in the car. And I think I would love to do a camper van type thing I just think it would be so much fun and also yes. way more relaxing come with because please. I also don't like airplanes yeah but I don't I don't like airplanes but I go on them when necessary mostly because I lived in um, North Carolina and my doctor was in New York and so whenever I had an appointment like every two or three months I had to fly to go and I would do it in one day which was a horrifying idea but I was trying to be in school at the same time so I would like get up at like six o'clock in the morning and I would get on a flight and then I would you know take a cab to somewhere in Manhattan and then go to my doctor's appointment and then take a cab back to JFK and then fly back and then get home at like midnight it was such a bad idea (laughs) that sounds overwhelming to me like right now like, that sounds yeah, horrible. No, it was such a bad idea. But um, I did that because I didn't want to miss a lot of school and stuff like that. But it would obviously, like, destroy me. Like, right. it you, makes you so tired. Like, just trying to function for the rest of the week was hard. And um, I think for me, one of the hard things is driving is, like, one of the most fatigue-inducing activities that I think I can do like I honestly think going for a run would be better than me driving for an hour interesting and I don't know why that's the case but I want to say it does use a lot of like mental energy yeah and I think I'm just I'm also really on edge when I drive because I don't Uh, feel like I'm a good driver even though I am but like I get really right you're just stressed and anxious and that definitely makes sense yeah, so I when I drive, like I um was going to my senior year of college and I had ordered this uh chair online, but the closest furniture store that I could pick it up at was two and a half hours away and I had kept like meaning to do it throughout the first couple weeks of school because I figured, you know, that's normally like the low key time of school before everything hits you in the face. Right. But 
I, so I finally decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up this day, whatever. I'm going to drive down, get it and drive back. Like it won't be that bad. But I was like, I had to pull over a couple times because I could not keep my eyes open. I was like falling asleep while driving. And I was like, mm. first of all, this is dangerous not only to me, but to everybody else on the road. So right. I need to like pull over and right. not do this. But for me, it's like, if you get this like fatigue induced by driving and stuff like that, it's like the way that I try and you have to like find ways to stay awake and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I have my sunglasses on and then I take them off for like 20 minutes mm. and I put them back on. And then they roll the window down and then I roll the window back up and like, then I turn on the like cold air in the car and stuff like that and trying to get like, and so it's just like a bunch of different things to try and keep my environment like changing so we don't like yeah. lull myself to sleep and so it might be a vertigo thing too well I do get vertigo so I mean honestly it's probably all of it but um yeah so it's just um like for me if I have to drive it's like not a good idea but if somebody else is driving for me I'm well I get really really motion sick which if you have Lyme might be something that you get too because I know that it increases that but I get super motion sick so when I'm in the car and somebody who's like more aggressive driving I'll get really sick really fast Hmm. and like we'll be sick for the rest of the day even after I get out of the car so it like really depends for me about like whether a plane versus a car is a good idea but it's like all kinds of things that you have to think about that you know you just want to like go on a trip and have fun or you know go visit a family member or friend or something like that but there are so many other pieces and moving parts to think about and to have to plan around and I think that makes traveling really taxing because just getting to the part like the departure is like this whole ordeal and so by the time I get to the departure I'm like exhausted because first of all packing is exhausting Mm -hmm. so like and packing for me like obviously you're moving up and down a lot and so I'm just like super dizzy and like exhausted and I get like really nauseous and I just want to go to bed so then by the time I'm actually leaving I'm like already not feeling well right right it's just like I think it's very all-encompassing for those of us with chronic illness just the way that like you know before I was sick showering or the grocery store like weren't big deals you know like travel Mm -hmm. is a really big deal and now you know my family knows I don't like to fly obviously but if I have to fly because you know like for instance two years ago so way pre-covid my um whole mom side of the family went to British Columbia and so you know you're you're going halfway across the country or no all the way across the country because I was coming from upstate New York and that's you know like that's a whole day of traveling that I had to prepare for for like days and weeks beforehand and then no you know my whole all my cousins were there there was like 30 of us and I had to tell all of them the first day we were there like I cannot see any of you like I have to take the day to recover from traveling and so I think that that can just be it can be hard for people to understand for sure because you know it's like oh all you're doing is sitting on an airplane or oh all you're doing is sitting in a car it's like well no like (laughs) there's a lot more to it and just like you just touched on Maddie like the stress aspect I think is so huge like that's why I can't go on airplanes I don't know if I mentioned this in my Lyme story but I had the biggest panic attack of my life on an airplane I was like literally that person that you hear about in movies screaming on an airplane asking for a doctor 
that was me. I was by myself also. It was very scary. Does um, not help. It was not. It was the it was was the worst experience of my life. Um, and so since then, um, you know, airplanes are so anxiety producing for me because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have that panic attack again. I'm not going to be able to breathe and I'm going to want to get off the airplane and I can't get off basically. Um, and so just like, you know, even if my flight, like right now I have a flight in, um, the end of May for my sister's wedding shower, thingamajig, whatever. Um, and already just like thinking about that, like, ooh, like that just gives me anxiety and like it's so far away. And so anything that stresses out Maddie and I, you know, that is a flare for at least a couple of days. You know, it takes so much more out of you than I think the average person realizes. Oh, yeah. And I think especially when your adrenals don't work properly like Julie and I's don't, it causes issues more extreme than you may expect something to be like somewhat anxiety producing but when it does that and your adrenals don't function properly it like pulls to an extreme and then causes your body to like really be out of balance for a while and um whenever i'm on an airplane it has always stressed me out because ever since a little kid i got really really motion sick so every time i was on an airplane like clockwork like 20 minutes in i was gonna throw up it was always gonna happen and that was like before we tried a bunch of different things like you can do ginger gum and just all kinds of different stuff that can make it better for you but nothing worked until we finally found um what is it called dramamine but it totally knocks me out yeah to the point where like I'm basically incoherent yep and so I can only take like a really small amount of it when I'm traveling by myself right because I need to be, like, a human being and not, like, not a zombie killed or whatever. I don't know. Right. um, So it's it's hard. And so I have to – but I have – you have to take that, like, 30 minutes before your flight. Yeah. And you have to make sure that I have to have, like, ginger ale and water because Mm – and so I have to, like, have all of that. But then plus all of the crap that I already have. And it kind of goes into, like, when you're traveling and you have a chronic illness, there's, like, an enormous amount of medication that you – normally have to take with you (laughs) it's kind of like all set up properly in your bathroom or like wherever you have you keep all of your stuff and so you're like trying to think through okay how long am I going to be there what do I need to bring and then I always stress out and bring extra of whatever it is because I'm expecting that I'm gonna like I'm like what if I drop it or something (laughs) like all like causes I didn't even think about that oh my god (laughs) sorry that's definitely gonna stress you out now yeah yeah so I always I always bring like a bunch of extra stuff of ones that I know that if I don't take, I'll be like really unwell. Right. So I, it's like packing all of that, which literally takes up, Julie and I were talking about this, like it takes up an extra suitcase worth of. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like, I have my medicine bag. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're walking literally. through and whenever the person does um, like the TSA people, like if I'm putting it through. Yes um the x-ray or like whatever and it's literally just a bag full of medication they kind of look at you like oh dear god and then sometimes they make you swab it like all of those things too yeah i've been asked before like why are you taking why are you carrying all these pills and i was like um i'm sick like that's why like Like, i don't know what to tell you like i was one time what just fun story is well not fun but i forgot my um license 
And well, I forgot my entire wallet essentially. And I was going to a doctor's appointment in New York. So I was flying and I only, the only thing that had my name on it and all of my, um, like belongings was my, um, prescription medications. (laughs) So I was basically like, I have to get on this flight because I have to go to this doctor's appointment that starts in like four hours. And the person was like, do do you have anything that says your name? And I pulled out this massive bag full of medication from my backpack and just handed it to them. I was like, these all have my name on them. And they're looking at it. And this poor person takes so much, gives me this like pity look and was just like, oh, you weren't kidding when you said you were going to a doctor's appointment. I was like, no, no, I'm so ill. Please let me on this flight. Like this has a new level. Okay, good. I was going to say, that's actually crazy. But yeah, no, it's like, I would never have thought of that. But good thing my dad was with me. And he was like, well, doesn't your medication have it on there? I was like, now that's why you bring someone else to travel with That's you. That's genius. But it is true. Like, traveling with medicine. I remember once I tried to buy, you know, those like, um, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like pill holder thingies? Yeah. They're like plastic and you open the day. Okay, so I was taking a trip. I don't even know, like at some point when I was sick, probably not for like for like a long weekend or something, probably to see my sister. And I tried to, I was like, oh, I've only gone for like three days rather than bringing a whole bag of my medicine. I'm just going to use this fancy pill thing. And my supplement, like I had too many pills to fit in it. I was like, okay, well, like now what do I do? Like I just have to lug all of this medicine again. Like, oh, it's honestly insane. And then there's also times like, you know, when we're taking this van trip for instance when there are moments where I'm like okay well like should I just take like the supplements that I absolutely need and so for this one we were gone for like 10 days whatever and I took essentially like all of my like very either required prescriptions or like like Maddie said like the medicines and supplements I literally cannot function without um it ended up only being like 10 different pill bottles which for like the average person is still a lot but for me is like nothing and you know I had a moment like at that towards the end of the trip when I was kind of starting to crash from living in a car for an extended period of time (laughs) um and I was like oh my god like I should have brought all of my you know like immune boosting herbs and you like all of these supplements that I was like oh I should go take this but I didn't have them so that can be equally as anxiety producing you know it's like oh my God, like I forgot this supplement and I need it. Or like, I wish I had that. So then it just makes it so that the next time you're packing all 50 supplements and that's just stressful too. (laughs) Yeah, especially because you're like going to get all of those weird looks or whatever it is. So Right, I remember Sometimes like space is an issue. Yes. Well, I have to take this medication, like this many bottles of stuff or whatever it is, or I have to bring, like I remember I was traveling um, when I had my Hickman line in Mm-hmm. and the medication has to be refrigerated yeah. so if you've ever had an iv antibiotic it either comes in a syringe or it comes in these um i don't know how to describe it but it's kind of like a ball of medicine and it's like a it almost looks like a plastic ball but as Ooh. and it has a the tubing that connects to your line and as it goes at a certain rate and as you turn the thing on you like twist it the ball shrinks just to like the outside coating that it was in essentially so it's kind of fancy it's kind of cool but yeah that's what I had and so 
I was gone for, I want to say like three nights or something like that. So that's like three of the medications. And then I had to find, so I needed like a, a bag, it, you know, those insulated grocery bags that you like yeah. reusable ones. So I literally yeah. had to use one of those. I had to use a Wegmans bag. So if anybody's yep. had Wegmans, it's like the best place ever. I love it. But um, so I had a Wegmans insulated bag and I put a couple um, ice packs in it and then my medication stuff. And then I had, you have to have like an enormous amount of other syringes of like heparin and saline. And then you have yep. to have all of your cleaning solutions and yeah yeah and you know hand sanitizers and all of your alcohol pads and just there's so much stuff that goes with it so you have to count out like how many you're going to need per thing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and so just putting that all together and then having to go through the airport with that they obviously can't like I couldn't put that through because that's technically liquid so I couldn't put it through the x-ray machine so they had to like take me aside and like look at it and stuff then they have to give me an additional pat down because apparently like if you, I don't know, I guess that's what it means. Yeah. And so the woman asks me who's doing the pat down and stuff. She's like, do you have any medical devices? And I was like, I'm not really sure if this qualifies as a medical device. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I, cause I think normally of like pacemakers, because that goes off when you go through a metal detector. But, right. um, I was thinking about, I was like, well, I mean, it's a pat down. I think she just like, doesn't want to like pull it or anything. And I don't want her to pull it. So oh my I God. told that her was like, my that it was there and stuff. And she was asking me if I was going through like chemotherapy and stuff like that. I was like, no, but like, oh. it's just, it's a mess. <laughs> it's similar. I remember so well, like when I would, it wasn't, I wasn't flying or anything, but like when I would visit my cousins or visit Justin in college and I would, and when I had my pick line in and similarly, I would bring my like cooler <laughs> And it would look like I was like rolling up with like beer or something, but it was really just all yeah, of my something syringes. Fun. Yeah, and then I would put them like they have to be refrigerated. So I would get to Justin's, and you know he has a couple roommates, and I would just get there and put syringes in their fridge, and they would open the fridge and like freak out. And I was like, oh, don't worry, guys. Like, <laughs> what is just this? my syringes? Like, <laughs> don't worry about me. Like, <laughs> it's super weird. Um, it is I remember- really weird. When I was in college, um, I my senior year, there are those dra- there were two drawers at the bottom of our refrigerator, and I just like took one when we were moving in. I was like, um, everybody, is it okay if I use this for all of my like medication needs? Because I had like all of the yep. syringes, and then I also had um, like certain injections that needed to be, and um, bags of like, saline and stuff like that, or not saline, right. other stuff um, that needed to be refrigerated. Like B12. And I didn't yeah. want it to, like, get mixed in with all of the food and stuff. So they're like, yeah, sure, that's <laughs> fine. So it was just, like, quietly pushed away. But if anybody opened that, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> right. Like, it's definitely a little bit, you know, you just kind of feel a little bit funny when you're traveling and you have, like, an excessive amount of medication. And there's, like, you know, that's definitely one thing that's super, not super stressful, but definitely, like, you know, something that we have to think about while traveling that the average person doesn't. And the other thing that, you know, Maddie and I were talking about before this episode that we both really have to think about when we're traveling is the fact that, you know, Maddie's in Florida right now and her medical team is in New York State. You know, like you are, like being on the phone isn't quite the same as, you know, an emergency happens, what do I do? And that can just... yeah create so much more anxiety you know like you are away from your medical team and like yes you know maddie has some practitioners that she's been seeing in florida and i have a new you know practitioner here in boulder but both of our primary care doctors still back home in new york 
and there are just moments that that can feel you know if you're in the middle of a really bad flare-up or you you know think that you are you know you got a cold or the flu and so you're getting a lot sicker that can just make it feel that much more scary if you feel far away from your team yeah it's really isolating it yeah. kind of feels you know like oh you're on your own <laughs> right especially with an illness like Lyme disease that's so easily misunderstood and so and very complex so when you you know establish it takes years to establish your team and once you finally do that it can be very calming but if you have to go on if you're you know on vacation if you have to move somewhere if you're you know going back and forth from college whatever it is it's stressful to know that you're going to walk in if something goes wrong you're going to walk into an ER and they're going to have no idea what's going on but they also might not even like believe what's going on or treat you properly because of it and I mean that happened to me recently down here it's like I really needed something and so I that my primary care doctor at home wasn't able to really do over the phone and so we found this person that we thought was going to be good from like other recommendations and it ended up being a huge mess and it like totally messed me up and so it's it's challenging in that sense to really figure out how you're going to it's so stressful to know that at any time it could go sideways right yeah and it's also hard because you know with travel as we've kind of like hinted at you know like almost inevitably when we travel we have some sort of flare-up or some sort of reaction so you pair that with being away from your doctor and it can be really stressful I remember you know now I live in Colorado but that wasn't until 2020 and so in all the years that I was sick beforehand my family always comes to Colorado for Christmas to spend it with my cousins and my dad's side of the family um and so every single time that I came to Colorado since being sick I would get the worst flare-up of the year like it would be horrible I've been to that ER every single year, you know, like something bad always happened. I like blew out my lung once, you know, like crazy shit, like just every single year. Like it's just horrible. (laughs) Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. And it's just so stressful because, you know, like I'm so excited to go to Colorado and, you know, have Christmas with my family, blah, blah, blah. But I remember every single, you know, late November talking to my doctor about like, okay, we know this flare up is coming. Like, you travel here and just something about, you know, it's it's far away. You're going to altitude, which if you've never traveled to altitude, it can really fork some things up if you have Lyme disease. Um, you know, just a lot of different things. And we had just kind of come to the point of just knowing that I would be knocked on my ass for like at least a week. And it can just feel, it can make you dread traveling, but you also want to travel. And it makes you you know, like I dread it because I'm going to get sick and then I'm going to be away from my doctor. Then I'm going to have to go to this ER where I don't know anybody. And I like, you know, I have to find an IV clinic where I don't really know the city that I'm going to, all these different things. But then at the same time, you don't want to miss out, you know, like it's not like I wanted to not go. So it can feel like it's pulling you in two different directions at the same time. I totally agree. And I think, Julia, we both really love traveling and that can be something that's really challenging about it is that okay you know we're doing our best to 
live a semi-normal life and, you know, work within the limits of our illness. But sometimes it can be so frustrating because of this world has so many incredible things to see and to visit and to offer. And when you get the opportunity to do those, but your body's holding you back, it can be really hard to get on board with. And I think something that's right, you have to adjust to it, but then also sometimes like you're just not going to feel good about it. There's just, you're going to be angry about it. And I think that's okay. Right. I remember vividly, I got sick my junior year of college in, you know, the fall and that spring, my friends and I were all going to go abroad together and, you know, it had been something we would have been looking forward to since freshman year. You know, we had it all planned out. I was going to the same city as my best friend and then the rest of us were all like close to each other. So we had all these trips planned and blah, blah, blah. And I remember having to call them and say like, I I can't go to a different country right now. Like it's it's just not safe, obviously, for me. Like I'd be away from my doctors. I don't know their medical system, blah, blah, blah. Um, And it was devastating. Like I was so unbelievably upset and they were upset. You know, it was like, And even to this day, I, you know, I still talked to them, blah, 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 while they were abroad. But I know that I missed out on that opportunity. You know, I missed out on something that I would have loved to do. And so it's so hard because, like, that was obviously the right decision for me. You know, I needed to take that time to really, you know, I was very much in touch with my doctors then and, you know, I needed to take that time. So it was the right call, but it didn't make it any easier because I knew what I was missing. Oh, yeah. And you can only, it kind of only increases in the age of social media and being able to see what you're missing on a more minute by minute, day by day kind of scale. And you're so excited that your friends are living out this very exciting adventure that you guys had been planning for a long time but it hurts so badly knowing that you're not there right and I think right it was it was hard yeah and I especially while already being sick you know that doesn't it doesn't help right you feel awful and then emotionally it just really takes a lot out of you and so right one thing that we didn't bring up that I think is really important is the afterwards of traveling that yeah traveling doesn't you know we talked about how beforehand traveling all of the planning that goes into it is exhausting and then you get to your destination and you start traveling and you're having as good of a time as you can and you're trying to take all of the precautions and things that are necessary and rest and stuff like that but when I get home from a trip I am beat like 100 percent just like if I could lay in bed and sleep for the entire week I would and sometimes I've had to like if you're and it can cause like you know some kind of flare-up afterwards too where it's you've just like run your tank too empty for too long and you started to like put too much stress on your body and right eventually it catches up to you and normally it's like when the adrenaline comes down and you finally get home right right And that can, you know, you know, go even more into like, oh my God, is it even worth it at this point? And that's such a shitty thing to have to think about. You know, like I am, I remember so well my senior year, 
I happened to feel like the best my senior spring, which ended up being amazing timing. But mm-hmm. um, at Colgate, you do um, like you go to Myrtle Beach for senior week, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I knew very well, like, it would destroy me. Like, I would <laughs> die after going to Myrtle Beach, even if I didn't drink any alcohol, you know, even if I went to bed really early, like, it would be exhausting. But it was something that I wanted to do so badly with my friends. And it ended up being incredible. But, you know, the combination of that and right when you got home, it was graduation. So it was really like this week-long trip slash, you know, like, you're really your anxiety is pumping or your adrenaline is pumping because you're really excited that just like Maddie said when you're done and that all goes down it kind of just like keeps going down until you like crash incredibly and I was just out for like weeks after because it just takes everything out of you you know it doesn't matter if it's the smallest weekend trip or you know a two-week trip to like California, I don't know. It is exhausting and it really can result in such a, you know, prolonged flare up and feeling of this was amazing and I got to spend time with people I love, but now I'm facing these shitty consequences. Yeah. And I think you always then like afterwards question, oh, was it worth it? Was, you know, and I think a lot of times you have to think of it beforehand too is, is this going to be worth what I know is going to happen? And right. there are only some times when the answer to that question is yes. No matter how many right. times, no matter how badly you want to do something, only sometimes right. does that like risk benefit go out in your favor. Right. And I think learning that balance of that risk benefit has, is like a constant learning process, you know, like, it's, you know, we can we can talk about it in terms of what you eat or pushing your body with exercise or pushing your body with talking to people. It's all that same, you know, balancing what you want to do versus what your body wants you to do. And I think that throughout the process of being sick and slowly getting better and, you know, the whole up and down roller coaster process of healing in whatever way, you know, there are times that you become better at making that sacrifice or learning that balance you know like I used to be horrible on the exercise side of things like I would have a good day and I would want to literally take a run even though I would die but I didn't even care I was like no it's worth it versus now I feel more comfortable with it but now I'm dealing with that same balance in other ways you know it's very much like a constant learning and just trying to find that right balance of like doing something you really want to do, but also balancing the fact that you are sick. You will have these repercussions that other people don't have and whether or not it's worth doing, which is really shitty to think about. Yeah, it's a bummer. And I think it shows how all-encompassing chronic illness is because even if you are feeling well or even if you aren't, the calculations going on in your head about, you know, risk-benefit, of doing something versus not doing something, of a treatment versus another treatment, of, you know, any other part of your life, this job or that job, you know, all things like that, it's, it can really take over your headspace in challenging ways. And 
I'm struggling with that at the moment of trying to find a good balance of how to not let it take over my entire day. And you're like, you're making decisions. I'm trying to do this thing right now where you make decisions only for an hour of the day. Like, so there's this one Mm. specified hour where that is where I'm going to make and think about and make a list or whatever and contemplate decisions. But for the rest of the day, anytime an anxiety or something, I'm like, oh, I have to do that comes up. I'm like, no, you have to wait until whatever it is, 4 p.m. when you make that because it's otherwise so encompassing that it becomes, it's too much for me. And obviously, like, I couldn't do that when I was originally sick because it was, you just had to do things like that all the time. But I think I've gotten to a place where that's a little better. But I think travel is just one example of how all-encompassing being chronically ill can be right and it's such a prime example of you know like the invisible side of chronic illness you know like yes Mm -hmm. we may be in these cool places like you know florida's bomb i wish i was at the beach but then i know (laughs) that if i were there with maddie we would just be sitting on the couch in the air conditioning so that we didn't know i wasn't actually at the beach Right, exactly. And when I I lived in Florida for a semester when I was sick too, and I remember all of my friends back in upstate New York at college were like, oh, I'm so jealous. It's so warm. I was like, well, no, I'm living with my grandparents and I lay on the couch all day. Like it's, you shouldn't be jealous. Like it's basically the same thing as being at home because I'm not outside. Right, right. And it just shows like, you know, it's, it's very much what you see is not the reality And that's obviously a theme that Maddie and I keep coming back to a lot in this podcast, but it's something that we both think is so important to really fully understanding and appreciating the chronic illness experience because it really is true. Like if you looked at Maddie and I, if you looked at where we are right now or what we're doing, you could have no idea that we were sick or that we were both taking three-hour naps today, you know, like (laughs) that right after this, we are going to take a nap. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. You can honestly probably, like, hear it in my voice. And it's only 11 a.m. here, and I'm, like, ready. (laughs) Ready to go to bed, yeah. but Ready to go to bed. It's all of those things put together, and I think for someone, we hope that, you know, these episodes continue to be for anybody who is chronically ill or isn't to be able to hear a side of maybe your experience validated in ways that you hadn't heard before or just kind of uncovering the experience of others around you that you might not have thought about before. So we obviously skewed this one more towards travel, but we are um, open to new suggestions all the time. And we have a list that we're keeping for future topics. So feel free to send those in to us and we will catch you next time on the Too Much Lime podcast. (music) 